One time I was doing plate raises um, and it was like a five, 10 pound plate. And then like, I don't know if something popped or what, but it's like, it never, it's never been the same. So it's just been really adjusting to how our body is uh, functioning these days. Uh, yeah. yeah, you got to always, you know, structure your workouts and put goals around producing your body. You know, the goal is always equilibrium. You know, yeah. balance of the hips, making sure there's no impingement on the shoulders. Both shoulders are operating you know, the way it needs to pose to. So like, then, you know, like if I'm in a situation, what I'll do is I'll, you know, I'll program my workouts evolving around, you know, you know, optimum, optimum shoulder mobility. Because the worst mm -hmm. thing you want to do is add a function on top of dysfunction. And that's what a lot of bodybuilders do at Gold's Gym. You know, they get hurt and then, you know, they'll train over it rather than train for it to get better from this yeah, and then from this current state. They're just causing more of a detriment to it, right? Yeah, and then the other parts of the body is going to, you know, it's going to suffer because the other body parts depend on a body part for it to do what it's supposed to do. And remember the brain sending signals to that body part in order for it to function. So if it's dysfunction on a body part and a brain sending signals to that dysfunctional body part, the brain got to send extra energy for mm. it to work harder, causing you to like, you know, it's like, you know, you want to be pain free. Right. You know, so <laughs> essentially, I, I have a ahead. different mindset when it comes to when people age, like we live in an era where 30 is like the new 20. And, hmm. you know, people are people having more confidence in themselves as they age, women especially, especially, you know, men naturally we do. So, mm -hmm. but, you know, but we're doing, but we're able to achieve this, uh, this mindset because of education, you know, essentially food. People are staying away from certain foods that make you age faster. And people are being more aware that stress and mental health is just as important as your physical health. But the next yeah. thing is, is, I think it's the spiritual science and essentially kind of like the more spe uh, specific concepts of how the body works. And I think that people need to have a much better knowledge on um, the you know, recovery and balance of the body, both physically, yeah. uh, spiritually, mentally and emotionally mm -hmm. no I agree I it's just it's it's been so interesting like especially adjusting with uh, a work injury like I feel like I've never recovered but at the same time I take fault for that because I didn't take the steps to do physical therapy and rehabilitating and stuff like that so it's not only is the foot does the foot have permanent nerve damage it's like probably never going to be the same but now it's like okay how do I move forward from that and try to
like get back to make it possible. Um, and so, uh, like you were saying earlier, when it, when you try to, you know, try to over, you know, train or train over the injury or what have you, your body starts getting affected in other ways, and in other part, other body parts start getting affected because that one part's not been addressed. Yeah. So, and, and, and don't beat yourself up, Quinn. I mean, like you know, it's just like I said, it's education. Like my education, my first construct was karate. You know, mm. karate is all about balance. You know, as a I, you know, I had to approach it in a Japanese philosophical approach because, you know, come from Japan and, you know, it's not necessary for fighting. It's for kind of like human development, development of the soul and essentially um, very, very central um, approaches of the human body. And one is stretching, you know, stretching a karate construct, you know, it's very, very, it involves a very, it involves a flexibility of the hips. And when a hips are able to be flexible, that means that, you know, the shoulder mobility is going to be flexible as well because the shoulder and the hip go hand in hand. You know, if one, if the, if one side of the hip is tighter than the other, your shoulder is going to be affected as well. If the shoulder is going to be affected, then the center part of your body is going to be in balance. So, you know, that um, installment into my physical education um, led to me being able to be who I am right now because I applied it when I was running track, I applied it when I was playing football, I applied a bodybuilding, I applied to, you know, I even applied to what I, in my everyday life. You know, I don't do karate seriously now, but the pillars of what karate gave to me, I still apply it to my everyday craft. And, you know, but the education that I got when I was working at Equinox, when I got my NASM personal uh, certification, um, my EFTI um, courses at Equinox, and uh, um, the uh, seminars that I did at Iron Fitness in West LA. And then I was working at F45. So working in these facilities, I had to learn more about the human body, I had to learn anatomy. And when I was at Arizona State, I didn't take any courses for um, physical education or exercise and wellness. But I was in the physical department where I had to work with the teachers and, you know, I had to see some of the materials. So I just read the material, but I didn't study ma the material. But when I was at Equinox, you know, you got to learn about the muscle, the name, the skeleton, and things of that nature. So when I was there, the most important piece of the education, you know, that knowledge I learned from karate, track and field, football, apply it to the scientific aspect. You know, which is where most of my interest is at. So there's a spiritual element, there's a scientific element, and you know, my um, approach is to combine the two together to you know help people have a better experience with working out or exercising. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that that's that's amazing. Like, um, and I know, like, we we kind of just started talking about just finding balances and impingements and stuff like like we're working through all those things. Um, I'm I'm the same. I'm in the I'm the same way in a sense to where, um, I compare I compare strength and fitness to life and progress, and so it's like it's kind of a it's a little bit different because like I mean I don't I've I did karate when I was younger, like, like in elementary school, but it was like very brief. <laughs> so I probably didn't learn all the pillars and stuff like that. But, um, 
yeah but it's 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 just amazing when you can find when you can you know uh parallel the two or or even um intersect the two of of balance and um and strength so that you are you have a, a better overall overall sense of wellness um and so uh with that being said, without further ado, um, I just want to, you guys, um, appreciate and thank Brian Wesley Williams. This is uh, my dear friend. We've been friends for years, um, since 2012, 2013. And, um, I'm just really grateful for Brian to come and, um, just, um, have a conversation with me. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I know there's not, we we're missing a person. Alex unfortunately couldn't be here with us today because she is has other obligations. She sends love to you, Brian. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to do this episode with us. Um, this is episode ten. Um, our goal was to um, get to ten in may but life has been life and man so it's just <laughs> uh we're just adjusting and everything like that so i'll read the intro and then i'll ask you your your first question okay and we can continue our conversation um all right you guys so what's up you guys uh, this is the obsidian strength podcast um it was established by myself and alex christy alex uh christina in July of 2022 in order to inform and empower and highlight um, BIPOC and BIPOC LGBTQ plus people in the strength and fitness industry. Our mission is, as two luminant Black women in the U.S. is to hold fun yet safe and meaningful conversations that strengthens our lis listeners intros introspectively, mirrors our audience audiences and interviewees, and protects and deflects the negative stigmas and stereotypes that are placed upon our community in overall athletic and fitness industries. We aim to pierce through the darkness of live experiences with being LGBTQ or BIPOC in the strength and fitness world and um, reveal our truth. If you're interested in working with the Obsidian Strength Podcast or highlighting your strength story, please follow us on um, Obsidian Strength Podcast on Instagram and or email us on info.obsidianstrength at gmail.com. All right, so Brian, so Brian and I met, we are um, brother and sister fraternity and sororities. Um, Coleman Love, uh, I'm a Delta, he's an Omega. That was the start of our relationship. And then it, festered, uh, it continued on to um, the strength and fitness um, world when Brian had um, reached out to me one day and I think I might have posted something about me lifting weights and you were like why don't you consider bodybuilding <laughs> you know yeah. and uh, I just thought that I was like and he was like you'd be a great bodybuilder and I was I was just like what what do you mean for real and so uh, that was the start of our uh, fitness relationship and I just really appreciated him um uh, not only calling me out, but also empowering me as a as a black woman new to that that strength world or that specific part of the strength world when it came to bodybuilding and fitness. And 
so on and so forth. I, I thank you for giving me uh, a, a new level of confidence when it came to that. Um, and so, um, Brian, without, with that, um, oh, and I also want to share that Brian is a man of brilliance, brilliant at Ghost Gym or a photographer. He is uh, a, a, a former engineer. He um, is a graduate from Arizona State. He's a brother of Omega, Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Um, and he's just brilliant all around, but I will let you guys go ahead and hear his story. And so my first question to you is, what is your origin story, Brian? My origin story? Sorry. Yeah, so I say my origin story again was when I, my first physical crap was karate. You know, that was uh, the first on time I was in a kind of like a group physical environment. Obviously there was the Catholic church. That's where I went to elementary school for middle school and stuff like that. But the karate thing, it was a lot more intense, serious. And then kind of like the teachings of that was transferred to pop winter football. And that experience plus, you know, um, my experience in middle school with running you know, and doing, you know, like team sports and things of that nature, it started to kind of like mold me internally, plus kind of like the military doctrines that my father was instilling inside of me, the the, the, the Catholic doc, uh, doctrines that was installing within me. And within Catholicism, the thing that attracted me with the Catholicism, kind of like, you know, the whole nice Templar stuff, or the, the Teutonic Knights, you know, Knights, stuff like that, you got to work out military, and I was very, very into that stuff. So I would kind of like imagine myself as a knight or somebody within the Templar. And, you know, you got to do push-ups. You know, you got to do all this physical activity to be, you know, a true knight. And I kind of like imagine myself that. And then when I got into high school, you know, I did football. You know, it was fairly successful. And then I did track. So when I get track... Everybody noticed that was very, very fast. So they said, hey, try for the track team. I did track in order for me to, um, you know, just kind of like stay in shape for football. And I ended up being very, very good at it. And, you know, I got very, very addicted to it. It became my identity. You know, I was kind of like the fastest man in the city, fastest man in the county. And I was able to compete you know, some very, very respectable athletes within the California, Texas, Florida, and essentially Ohio area. So I made it to state and I made it, I made it to uh, junior USA's. And, um, and then I ended up getting a scholarship to run track and field at uh, Arizona State. Um, we were national champions. Um, I went to Arizona State because of the track team. The track team was just very, very elite. So the track and field team, that was my first time being indoctrinated with elitism. So like Arizona State, they're a powerhouse school. They want to be recognized nationally, internationally. Track and field was one of their bread and butters. And I got lucky to get, you know, drafted in, into the team. And, you know, it was one of those experiences where, you know, you're the fastest guy in high school, 
but now you're in a climate where like, you know, you're probably the second, the slowest guy in the team. So it was one of those things where you're best, you got to climb up the ladder. And that became a very, very important um, experience that would separate myself from everybody at Gold's Gym. Like very, very few people at Gold's Gym experienced that. Or if they experience it, they only experience it in bodybuilding. So, so like, being, so, huh? Is and that's like being a, from. That's like that's like being coming from being a big fish in a in a little pond to a big fish in a big sea, and yeah, you know, yeah, or yeah, because yeah, like when I went to Arizona State, that was my first time going to school with Caribbeans. Like they're from like hardcore Jamaica, Trinidad. Uh, we had Marcus Duncan. He ran 10-2, 10-1. Um, we had a guy named Calvin Abram. He was from Louisiana. He ran 10-2. I only ran 10-6 in high school. So, like, you know, like, that's, like, respectable in high school, but that's not, like, in their standards. They, you know, they were very, they came with an attitude where they feel like they were superior. So, again, Arizona State track and field, that's an elite, that's an elite circle. Like, they have a standard. So if you come in without that standing, I mean, like, Cal's no different. Like, you know, like, when it comes to Alpha Mu and, you know, the bros at, uh, you know, at Berkeley, like, you know, when it comes to the bros at that institution, they have a very, very specific identity. Again, there's Negroes and there's niggas. And the bros <laughs> and oh. Calpas, like, I, I know them. They're very, very elite. I mean, I'll okay. give you a give you a story. I wrote in Isaac's letter recommendation. Oh, yeah. So like, like yeah, like like I look hey. up to the bros very very high. And the same thing with them. Like they play football because a lot of the bros there are either wrestlers, football players, you know, and they do other sports. And we all had this conversation: Why you pledge Omega South Five? Because you know you want to be elite, black elite. You play sports at these institutions to be elite, and you get your degrees at these um, universities to be elite within, you know, within whatever part of American society you fall under. So, like, you know, you take this mentality and you graduate with it, and then you go into, like, for me, it would be Gold's Gym. When I got into Gold's Gym, the reason why I went to Gold's Gym is, again, you know, this feeling of elitism, this feeling of competition, this feeling of getting better each and every single day, this feeling of having to put my best out there each and every single day. So elaborate, and, elaborate on that, because you're. Hello? I. Yeah, so with, with with being elite in particular, like what what you to to strive for? I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Oh, I, I said I was saying elaborate more on that because you're you're using the term elite yeah. um, a, a great deal. So it's just like what what. What made you strive to be um, elite, to being an elite athlete or elite person overall? Like elite personal overall and 
that comes back into the origin story when I got into karate and my dad military doctrines is just a, a identity thing, you know, just kind of like just being a black man. So my education on being a black man is somewhat different than what's orthodox from our community. You know, like, again, I told you about the black knight thing, like, you know, and, and then growing up, you know, growing up in the Catholic church, we were kind of like somewhat aware of a lot of the, a lot of the history that's been kind of like written off. Like, you know, like the, um, you know, medieval Europe, they did have black knights fighting with, you know, the uh, Teutonic Knights, the Knights Templar, because the Mongols, you know, they came as far as Poland. And, you know, the Mongols were very, very destructive. They were very, very powerful. So they needed, you know, every night they could get, you know, for the stuff the Mongols from pursuing, um, you know, crossing through Europe or Christendom at the time. So I was aware of that construct and then kind of like the military identity of the Black man. And um, there is one version where they show us very, very fear. And there's another version where my dad was like, hey, this is what would happen. You know, the Philippine War, we built their plane, we fight next to them, da 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 da, we were heroes. And that elitism, like kind of like the highest identity of the Black man versus the highest identity of the white man, and seeing the comparison, seeing what we're able to do, that was instilled in me in a very, very young age. And um, I always feel very, very strong about the Black man. And even and, you know, quote unquote, urban areas like and I know I just understand that like our liberal arts is very, very different from everybody in the world. They turned it into like capitalist industry, <laughs> you know, making billions okay. off of it. Yeah. So and I always feel strong about the elitism of the black man. However, I will say that I developed a quote unquote diplomatic connotation when it comes to the word elitism. I'm aware of how harmful that word can be within our community because there are black elites who are not, you know, they're not, you know, this is be real, they're not doing anything for us. So so like I just want to say that I'll hold myself accountable if I was ever to be in a strong position where I can help other people, especially my own people, I'm obligated to, you know, lip as I climb. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. And so what, what going back to going in the golds, right? Uh, what was your experience when you put it there? What, what did it feel like for you? When I first got there, you know, like I said, like, you know, you come from an institution like Arizona State, you know, you go to SC, Cal, um, you know, you, you play, you know, big time sports, NFL, you know, there's like, again, there's athletics and there's fitness. Under athletics, you know, you got your football, you got your track and field, you got all these sports. And under fitness, there's bodybuilding. And then there's, you know, yoga and Pilates and all this other stuff. So, like, when I went to Gold's Gym, I felt the elitism, I felt the energy, I felt the power, I felt the, the culture. I felt it very, very strongly. However, I knew that there were aspects of what I understood as far as fitness go that I learned from athletics that is not existence in that world 
And what have what that world has is not existence in the athletic world. So I knew that there was a a, um, a cultural imbalance between the two worlds, because in the athletic world, this is when it got more scientific. And in the fitness world, there was some type of identity crisis. You know, bodybuilding was going at its ending days. And in the fitness, you know, kind of like the other worlds of the fitness world, you know, they got into the influencer world. So the athletic world didn't start getting into the influencer world until much later, until the NCAA started getting more loose with their athletes, where they know, okay, we can make athletes. We can make money off athletes if they have social media accounts. Right. If you if you pay very very close attention to the NCAA with these athletes in college with their social media accounts, how they start to like be open about them having millions of followers now, which is hilarious. The fitness community was the first one to do it, so they start having these seminars, the they you know this culture of knowledge and stuff like that. You start to really expose themselves. They're very very. Um, they started to get very, very scientific, but their style of science and movement was very different than athletics. Athletics is more, what I'm seeing, more power, more explosive, more run fast, up higher, versus the fitness world, it's more look at me or I can bench press this, this much. So going to that, like tapping into that, like I, you and I, luckily we've experienced both worlds of like you know well probably you more in the fitness than than me but with power and then with you know physique i, I for lack of better word mm-hmm. right uh so what would you say has been like what where did how do i put it in in, in words like did you love do you love having more power and more athleticism and, and explosiveness or did you fall in love with, you know, getting to the point of like, I have this amazing body and this, that, and the third. What what got like, which one did you favor more or, or fall in love with more? You know, performance has always been the idealism that my heart desire. Like, you know, running fast, you know, running 10-1, 10-2, there's no other feeling than that you know you can't shred and step in front of the stage and flex and expect to have that same feeling so performance has always been something that I was more drawn to rather than how I look you know when I see a guy go gym deadlifting 700 pounds I'm fucking I'm I'm blown away you know when I was at Arizona State (laughs) I saw Ryan Whiting he squats 700 pounds so like my freshman year at Arizona State, I already saw it. And I saw him squat 700 pounds and go to the track and shot put 69 feet. You know what, not, you know what I'm saying? So I'm sorry to say that all the time. But um, I'm trying to work on my word, my wording. But uh, when I went to no, um, Gold's Gym years later, I see a guy deadlifting or squatting 700 pounds. But the difference between how he does it and how Ryan Wyan does it Ryan Wyan does it through performance. He go down, hold, explode. It's all scientific. He takes this energy. He takes this movement. He applies it to the track. And everything that he does in the gym revolves around him throwing a shot put as far as he possibly can. And 
that method on on his um, squat progression was very, very successful. Now going to Gold's Gym, people squat 700 pounds just to squat 700 pounds. Some people do it just to have bigger legs and have a bigger physique. And their style of doing it is much different than how Ryan was doing it. So when you lift weight at that level, everything has to be about speed. Hold, explode, all power. Now, when I see bodybuilders do it, it's all quote-unquote strength. The difference between strength and power, power is collective. Strength is, um, is um, I'm sorry, rain fart. But strength is going against resistance. Like you're, you're, you're going, you're like forcing upon mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A, a force. So when you're going against a force, then your application is much different than, than how power is supposed to uh, perform. Again, power is collective. So power involves you applying your legs, you know, your abs, your body, your, you know, you hold the air inside your body, go down, explode, except when you come up versus strength, you kind of like just going at a more static motion when you're going against the force. So like that, that was kind of like what I saw as far as like the difference between the athletic world and the bodybuilding world. But in the bodybuilding world, I mean, in the athletic world, they're starting to like kind of like look at themselves in the mirror. They want, they want 12 packs. They want big arms, they want big legs. And that's cool only because that does make them run faster, jump higher, and go farther and stronger. But the problem with it is when you have bigger legs, bigger arms, you got to stretch. Because the more mass you, 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 put, you, know, you put on your body, yeah. the more prone to injury that you are. So like the athletic world is starting to get more indulged in the whole look at me in the mirror type ordeal, but they are insecure at the people in the bodybuilding world because the body, people in the bodybuilding world, they perfected it. Yeah. Like they master how the body should look versus people in the athletic world, they master how the body should perform. Both worlds are trying to find another world, another way to go <laughs> further. There's very, very people, there's very, very few people in wow. between to collide the worlds together philosophically, spiritually, and intelligently. So how would you say to connect the two? Because it seems like some sense, yes, one is performance, yes, one is physique, or is is just how the body how did you perfect getting like perfect? How did you get to the point where they perfected? you know, the, the striations in the, in the deltoid or, you know, like, you know, the athlete trying to get to that point of, oh, look at me, but it's not at the bodybuilding level. I, the first step I did was I started incorporating track and field training methods into the context of bodybuilding workouts. So like sets and reps and pretty much the approach. So concentric, eccentric, and isometric. Concentric is the squeezing of the muscle. Isometric is the holding of the muscle. And eccentric is the lengthening of the muscle. And those three uh, muscle muscle um, connections help me understand what type of workouts do I need to apply into my athletics coming from the bodybuilding world. 
So that, you know, and so I used that approach in order for me to start enhancing my physique. But the most important thing that I overstress and I over approach is the fundamentals, which is stretching, air, water, functionality of the body. So like that became a doctrine to me, making sure that all four of those is understood, is mastered, and most essentially I acquired the knowledge in order for me to enhance it. So for functionality, there's a list. Can you repeat? I'm sorry, Brian. Can you can you repeat what you said that that was that was what the the, the doctrine was because it it cut yeah. out. It always cuts out. When you... Yeah, there's air, <laughs> water, um, functionality, and stretching. So I'm gonna eliminate stretching. I'm put stretching within functionality. So functionality down will be uh, the uh, stretching, the lengthening of the body. Make sure it's stretch, and most essentially spine integrity third will be gut health so spine integrity gut health and um you know in order for you to achieve those two you've got to have osmo posture so when you have osmo posture then your gut it will be more lengthened you have better digestion and most essentially spine when your spine is in its proper placement then the joints around your body will have the proper movement that it needs in order for you to move the way you need to move. So one of the most important incorporations that I apply into my athletics and my bodybuilding are just my fitness. I'm gonna say fitness and athletics is yoga and Pilates. And when I focus on those two methods, I was able to run, run faster, run, you know, run at a larger distance and most essentially jump higher but the most important thing that I learned how to do within these movements was learn how to do it without being inflamed or quote unquote pain-free. Like be able to jump high and land without hurting my knees or do like a jump push-up without hurting my shoulder and my elbows and understand how I was able to achieve this and even how to teach somebody how to do the same thing. So yoga and Pilates is all about progression of the of the body in all elements, the joints, the muscles, you know, you're going to be in a transfer plane, you're going to be in a linear plane of the body, and it hits all three dimensions, concentric, eccentric, isometric. And when I learned all this from yoga and Pilates, then I went back into my athletics and my fitness, and I was able to do my squats, do my deadlift, do my bench more effectively, and essentially do it do without pain and then be better at my recovery. They probably don't know like the transverse plane. That's that's from the twisting, right? The twisting. Yes. Yeah, because when it like, comes to performance, you always want to hit every single movement pattern that you can do. One, hit all the movement patterns that you're required to do in your sport. Gotta master those movements, do your do those movements each and every single day over and over and over and over again until it's like second nature. And two, you apply other movements to keep the body again, balance, equilibrium. You gotta make sure the body's balanced. If you do too much concentric and not enough isometric, your muscles are gonna be too tight. If you do too much eccentric, not enough concentric, your body's gonna be too loose and your body's too loose, you're not gonna have enough strength in order for you to do the concentric exercise that you wanna do. Isometric is a lot more about 
of endurance and conditioning. So isometrics are holding the muscle for, for running, that would be like a mile or, or, you know, marathons. And that's important because endurance help you, you know, your endurance help, help with your breathing. If you're able to do long runs or long exercise at a long period of time, that enhances your breathing, but you gotta make sure you have the right posture and a right rhythm of breathing when you're doing these movements in order for it to develop. Because a lot of people, because if I say this, people will be like, oh, okay, I'm gonna just breathe like this. No, there's a correspondence on how the body should operate when you're doing these exercises. There should be a frequency that you should chase when you're breathing and doing your movements. Like when you're doing a bench press, when you come down, you inhale, and when you push up, you exhale. That applies in all your movements. And again, air and water is the essence of energy. If you don't master how much air you can put in your body and exhale it out, and you don't have the proper hydration inside your body in order for the digestion in your body to do what it's supposed to do, in order for your muscles to recover properly and perform what it's supposed to do, your body would never, ever be what you want it to be. No, that's real. And then, and kind of just trying to, because like, I feel like, um i won't go too much in depth with that like i i, I think you're 100 right like when it comes to the air and water if you're not getting oxygen or you're not um getting your heart rate up it's not going not going to um change how it needs to and it and if you're not getting enough water it's not going to change how it needs to because your body is is still malnourished or it, you you you've neglected those things and so I feel like that's definitely neglected both of them so no that's real and then and kind of just trying to because like I feel like um I won't go too much in depth with that like I I, I think you're 100 percent right like when it comes to the air and water if you're not getting oxygen or you're not um getting your heart rate up it's not going not going to um, change how it needs to, and it, and if you're not getting enough water, it's not going to change how it needs to, because your body is is still malnourished, or it, you you you've neglected those things, and so I feel like that's definitely neglected both of them. So, how did your frat was different? Keep breaking up. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, I remember you talking more of a creative and this Trinity brothers determined that you were different, like as far as talking about touching on your creative side. Yeah, so me and Marcus, my line brother, he's my trace. So it was myself, Brian, Darrell is my deuce, my two, and then Marcus was my three. So like me and Marcus, Marcus is a rapper. He raps. He's a we're very, very involved in liberal arts. So like him is poetry philosophy you know he's an artist um he dan you know he's a dancer he's um you know he's an intellectual who likes to talk about politics and very 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 intense subjects like religion he, he, he did mention some things that not only shaking me but it was very very he told me how smart he is as a man and as far as myself go um he did he, he's into fashion and um, I'm into my liberal arts is poetry. So it's poetry. I like politics. 
maybe not a liberal arts, but pretty much kind of like the arts and crafts of politics, you know, how it's put together, um, pretty much the intellectual side of politics. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, you know, I run track, Marcus did football, and, um, and I like philosophy as well, just kind of like more of the esoteric stuff, the occult stuff, the existentialism type of philosophy because it's, uh, you know, I like the power concept that it, uh, that it talks about. So like our frat brothers, they're kind of like just doing their, you know, they background check us, they research us, they see what we're about. And, you know, they, you know, I guess you can say that I'm not the, the archetype that usually gets in Omega Sci-Fi, you know, I'm a lot smaller, um, I'm more into the more, I guess you would say the nerdy side of things like Omega, like the thing the thing about Omega, like alphas are like administrators, um, kappas, they're like, they kind of like me, they're like CIA directors. They're very sleek, very, very cunning, you know, they're very, very uh, deceptive on how they talk as far as like Machiavellianism, how they want to get their things. Bros, we're like military generals. We just send our troops in, f stuff, <laughs> f stuff up, and then get out. Sigmas, they're kind of like you know, like you know, social justice warriors type of guy. They're lawyers and stuff like that. And um, Iotas, they're like kind of like almost the same thing to me. So. So like when it comes to the bras, they saw somebody who brings something different into the circle, you know. So they, um, so fortunately, I got voted in. Went to the, you know, went through the stuff, you know, just like every bra does. Went through the stuff. Very very tough. Um, very very fortunate to have Jarrell and Marcus with me. Very very fortunate to have Rafael as my dean. John Rockland there as my ADP. And when I got in, you know, they were, you know, kind of like just seeing how I kind of like react to, you know, the whole neo life and things of that nature. And they just kind of like knew the whole culture that you know of, of the bras, kind of like the whole throwing girls in a pool type of stuff. Like they just know that I'm not into that stuff. Like I just can't, my education just won't allow for me to participate in it. Even if I try, like it's just kind of like, Brian, what the hell are you doing? So they knew, so they were like, okay, we don't have to worry about him, um, you know, get himself in some nonsense with women, stuff like that. So they got me very involved with like NPC in school, Greek town, a lot of political circles within Omega Sci-Fi. And, you know, it's, I mean, we're not just within Omega Sci-Fi, representing Omega Sci-Fi to different organizations within Arizona State. So most importantly, uh, me, Marcus, and some of the brothers, we had to collaborate with IFC organization, White Fresh, and Alpha Phi Alpha had to do it too. They were very successful at it. They made hella money with these White Fresh. Mm-hmm. And then the Capitals did it. We all did individually. What that did was it built a bond between Black men, White men, Hispanic men, Black men, because we did, we collaborated with OD5. Um, we collaborated with Asian Frats. And one of the most interesting collaborations I've never, it was one of the most eye-opening experience I've ever had in my life was when we collaborated with a Native American uh, fraternity. So it was kind of like, like, it was just like very, very difficult to process 
what I experienced then. From then to now, I'm like, holy shit. Like, that's why I got the Mohawk to quote unquote be connected with my ancestors. So, <laughs> so like, so like me being around, I was able to bring Omega in front of all these organizations. Now everybody knows about Omega. They know about Marcus. Marcus is a football player. I'm on track drill. Um, you know, he's a football player too. He's going to grad school. So, but they were like, you know what, Brian, you know, you're really good at this, you know, modeling thing, this fitness thing, this track thing, you know, why'd you get a degree in kinesiology rather than engineering? So I was just going to be an engineer. I didn't quite understand the whole entrepreneur thing. I just knew that you get a degree, get a job, do all your other stuff on the side, you, you know, you save money and all that stuff, right? So at first I was offended, but I was kind of like, you know, the bros, they know me more than I know myself. So I hear them, but I didn't quite listen to them. I went to LA, I went back to LA anyway, became an aerospace engineer, got laid off. Now I'm doing every, I'm doing all of that. Uh, I remember you saying that you got, went through um, aerospace engineering and everything. And I, I was mind blown when I knew that. I, I think Alex, Alex had asked you in a previous conversation. And, uh, and so you went in that route, but you shifted. You ended up going back to what they said that you were good at originally. Like now you're an entrepreneur. So yeah, because like uh, because they worked at uh, Honeywell, Honeywell. Some of them worked at, Dubai, at Boeing. So I worked at Ducumin. Ducumin have a place in Phoenix, but none none of the bros worked there, and none of the bros worked there. Um, okay. But they worked at they were they were all engineers. My dean was a uh, he's a car mechanic, very 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 successful car mechanic. My ADP, he's in the military. So they kind of like understand that life and they see my personality. They were like, yeah, you know what, dude, you need to like do what you love. Do your own. Yeah. And, and that was my, <laughs> you know, me and Market were doing fashion shows. Uh, we were doing poetry events. You know, we were, you know, the, the bros, us and the capitalists, we did a Beauty and the Beast party with them. And then us and the AKAs, we did a, no, us and the AKAs did a Beauty and the Beast. Us and the capitalists did a pretty nasty party. So we, we're able, and then the white frat would come, and you know, it will. We made like five, six grand, and but it was just kind of like the camaraderie. Hey. Like we were able to bring communities together, and then when we have these events, you know, when they have their events, we we'll go, you know, we'll attend their events. You know, it was a community thing that I love. That I wish that I can have again. That you can't get. I can't get at Gold's Gym. Gold's Gym is a vicious climate. Very, 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 very ambitious mm-hmm. climate, especially in an entrepreneur construct. Like everybody's out to achieve their dreams. Mm-hmm. So, so, so where are you? I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You can ask your question. Oh, okay. I, I was, I was just saying, like, where are you at now? Like now, you know, because it seems like you still can kind of do those things it's just a little different now I mean I know that I mean I don't know I can't I can't speak for you or or just assume because you're in LA and you're in one of the most competitive industries in the world Um, and so it just it it makes me wonder like are you smiling what's going on here right now what's going on with me now so 
coming to LA, got you know laid off from the aerospace engineer job, Equinox, Iron Fitness, personal train, da 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 da. So like from there, like I tell you, I was doing the whole modeling thing. Mark was doing modeling. Um, I ended up being a professional model. So I was working for Movement Talent Agency. I was modeling for them. Peak Models was the first agency I was part of. And in between, I was doing these commercials, background acting, print commercial jobs. Got enough money where I could get my own film equipment. So as I was doing personal training, I ended up learning how to do photography, geography, and I ended up doing like photo shoots for, you know, influencers, um, working at parties, events, geography, doing music videos, shooting like shorts, at the reels, uh, soon to be documentaries and things of that nature. And fast forward, what that did was that I ended up producing people's entire websites, um, their entire YouTube channels, their entire social media accounts. And I finally got me uh, an opportunity. Right now I'm doing with contrast stuff. I'm not going to like speak about it until I sign a dotted line. But I ended up being pretty much the man where I'm producing people's entire content. So I'm like the head producer of, you know, but I'm a contractor. You know, I make sure that I, because I need to maintain my freedom, my independence. Like I need to like, I don't like signing my life away or anything like that. I need to like, you know, come home. And that's and, what you're, you know, have a, yeah, have a day where I'm not doing anything. So, um, so yeah, brother- so, like, I end up. <laughs> Yeah, I ended huh. up kind of like just, um, you know, being pretty much the head producer of people's brands. So I create their marketing material, the advertising material. Um, I end up sometimes consult with them as far as like what type of material should they produce in order for them to enhance their brand. So it, like, it, it became, it got to a point where my, my responsibility got very, very heavy. Like I became a quote unquote, the man. And, you know, being a man is a very okay. dangerous thing to do because you make a mistake <laughs> and if you're wrong, you know, it's very, very bad. So, like, you know, I, my approach, you know, everything got to be very thorough. You know, got everything got to be researched, everything got to be put on paper, everything got to be strategized, everything got to be executed at a very, very specific, you know, specific way to have the desired results. Yeah. That's dope. Wow, to go from karate to the man in LA hey. for producing for it. It, it, it it's like yeah, it's, it's cool. It sounds cool, but like it can be uh, a very very dangerous thing to be. You know, um, I recommend that you know if a woman or even a man wants to be the it girl or the quote unquote man, just make sure that you have a private circle of people that you can go to to be vulnerable, be feminine, and lay your head on. Because, you know, like I said, like Gold's Gym in LA, I mean, LA is a vicious entrepreneur climate. You know, that, you know, probably you can say Miami now, definitely New York, but, you know, but the thing about Miami and New York is that you know you're going to get money. Mm. LA, you know, you can work 12 hours and not get paid for what you do. And I can tell you that that has happened to me a lot. Sometimes wow. for two, three hundred dollars, and then soon it'll be like fifteen hundred, and it'll be four k, five k, and you finally get to that number, but you always look down and be like, "Fuck." That's what it tells. <laughs> like people think that you're just gonna just come and you're gonna make all oh, no egg. Like 
the reality is there's tiers and there's levels and you know you gotta you have to do the grunt work that's just kind of like the reality of you know whatever community you go to even in LA you know if people if you want people to respect you especially a climate like LA because there are people who will perceive to be a big shot but in reality they're like you know they're worse than scum but they have a facade that perceives them to be very, 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 very important. So like those people always get exposed. Some of them, you know, they hide in their corners and it would just consume from whoever come their way. But what people in LA want, they want authenticity. And when somebody comes out and they start from the ground and work their way up and they get to a very, very specific way where they're, trusted and respected people in LA like that but the problem is with this is that people in LA have a consumer issue where if somebody's at a level that have what they want a lot of people would do some of the most ridiculous things in order for them to gain whatever that person has you know it's like you know a very very interesting style of submission that I pay very very close attention to being at Bo's Gym that, you know, I had to ask myself, you know, you got to be very, very firm with your morals and your ethics. You know, I just, again, my education won't allow me to throw girls in a pool looking, <laughs> looking girls in morals. a Yeah, you know, just, yeah, and, you know, <laughs> capitalism, you know, it's a very, very hard thing to do in this world. Like I said, I do not judge these women doing OnlyFans. I mean, gas is over five bucks. A bottle of water is two ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. No, that's interesting. So it's like, I could say, is that you extra stuff? Um, well, I don't know if I'm making sense, but uh, can you hear me? I can hear you better now. Yeah. Now I can hear you. Oh, yeah. No. Um. Yeah. No. I was just saying that it's it's very interesting. Like it's like. It sounds like this is this has been a rewarding experience for you, like as far as uh, kind of starting from the bottom and then, you know, kind of building yourself to being that person um, when it comes to is it is it aesthetics? Is that that's your that's yeah. your brand that or you're I'm, focused on? Are yeah, you- I guess you can call me Metal Gear, a.k.a. Brian Wesley. <laughs> Are you still uh, training people? Are you more focused on your production, your production company? Both. I mean, I'm still training clients. So like, again, what the production is, I train clients and the type of clients that I have, you know, they're entrepreneurs, they're business owners. I am training them. Sometimes it leads to me shooting content for their business or shooting them or like, you know, for headshots and stuff like that. And um, my clientele within fitness is a very, very uh, specific demographic. So a lot of my clients, they come from Brentwood, Westwood, Beverly Hills, Bel Air, Venice, Miranda Ray, I mean, West LA. So, okay. so that's like, so like that clientele gives me a wide range of abilities. You, you can train them, you can do photography with them, you can do biography with them, and then from there you can 
spread out that way. Okay, for training, we can train at this gym, we can do X, Y, and Z, or we can go to the track, you can run with me, do stadiums, or, you know, the same thing you want me to, um, because I do massages as well, and I do boot camps. So the clientele that I get from um, training most of the time, I train a lot of girls. I train a lot, a lot of girls because I had a ability to make women feel comfortable in a gym. So the gym is an extremely intimidating place for women in general. So what, um, when I was at Equinox, the, when I was you know, doing the floor shifts, walking around, you know, they just feel comfortable walking up to me, asking me for exercise and things of that nature. So I'll show them, you know, because you come from the world of karate, you come from the military world, you come from the bras, you know, you're very serious about the things that you do. And when I teach these girls about workouts, athletics, fitness, go down that umbrella, you know, they get very, very invested. And, you know, that ended up kind of like being my strategy on how to sell training. And then when I'm training these girls and, you know, the thing about being a professional in West LA that you need to understand is that it is an extremely professional environment. You got bankers, you got lawyers, you got, like I said, like Wall Street, our Wall Street is Brentwood. You know, it's Brentwood, West LA, Westwood, Santa Monica, that area. So, um, when people watch me train these female clients, me being black and a you know predominant white circle, I mean they're gonna see if I'm doing some some f boy stuff. So, so usually what I end up happening like, hey Brian, I really impressed by how you train the client. I like to I like for you to train this girl that because no, the the girls are very scared to the training because gyms in LA like they I mean just be real they have a reputation. You know, the women there, women who you know, there's women that want to empower themselves by getting fit and all that stuff. There's women that want to invest in themselves by having a better body, not just a better body, but a better mind because they enhance their spirit. But they are, one, intimidated to go in the gym because God doesn't look at them. Because, you know, girls, they got to be free. I and mean, you got to, like, you know, you got to show your stuff. You got to, you know, wear your, you know, wear the clothes that you want to wear without, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, so, so. They like, want to be, they want to. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was saying that 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 you know, uh, girls, especially feminine women or cis women or what have you, if they you know, um, which whichever on the spectrum, they want to look good and feel good, so that's that can help them with their confidence and going into the gym. Uh, yeah, so, so that became a very very successful business model where. My main clientele within fitness were the, you know, boot camps, you know, rich, you know, housewives with rich husbands. And I ended up doing the photography and I ended up branching to different opportunities, like different business people who I can do business with that end up being my client for biography as well. So I became a very savvy networking individual. So give for mm -hmm. somebody who is with that uh, line of work when it comes not not only photography but more so like entrepreneurship in the fitness industry um who, are you having a i can barely hear you say who does my line of work that does seem that i do no, no 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 i said what advice would you give to someone who 
is interested in entrepreneurship or pursuing entrepreneurship in the fitness industry, in, you know, photography, content, whatever? I say that what helped me the most was the professional, the professionalism. So like, when I say the word professionalism is how you communicate with somebody, how you stand in front of them, how you text them, how you email them. Professionalism is very, very important because it sets a very, very interesting barrier and standard toward whatever relationship that you develop in a business perspective. Rather than business and professional, professionalism will help the person identify you in a way that you can build business together. So that's so like, so like, again, the way that you talk to them, stand in front of them, um, the, you know, the, the, the borders, you know, make sure that there's borders between you two, you know, you don't indulge in aspects of their life that will be, will make the relationship unprofessional. And if you can maintain the border, the borders and keep that relationship in that stance, then it will grieve, it'll give you great quality as far as business go. It will help you. We it help you identify individuals that may waste your time, and it help you identify people that will be worth your time. Mm. Wow. Yeah, because like me, like again, like um, you know, black men in these society, like they they really really do want this mm-hmm. because they think that'll be good for America. Like I'm not an anti-government guy. I'm not gonna you know flip a bird to a cop or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's enough of us out there doing that. <laughs> and, I, and, and, you know, again, they have every reason to do it because, you know, again, like, you know, the privilege that I got, I get from being in these circles, being who I am, is that we fi- I get to talk to these guys one-on-one about issues that are unspeakable. Like, mm-hmm. I trained, uh, you know, uh, a, a rich Jewish guy whose net worth is $300 million. He asked me, why the hell does this stuff goes on? This da 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 da, and I gave him my perspective, and there was time when we can see each other in the middle, mm. where I ended up. I ended up training his daughter. I ended up training his wife. I ended up training his son. He got me tickets to the first Rams game when he came back to L.A. Like that type of professionalism leads you to doors, leads you to different directions, leads you to higher rounds because professionalism builds trust. Like I'm a black guy, I'm not gonna fuck your wife. Mm-hmm. I just wanna just train her, give you know, give me your money, but I'm gonna give her 200 percent of all my energy. I'm gonna make sure that she's comfortable in the gym. I'm gonna make sure that she gets the goals that she wants. I'm gonna make sure that she gets the best hour of her day. Like mm-hmm. literally, like <laughs> guys wise be like, yeah, my wife, she was I'm like, <laughs> cool. And then that F45, that really, that, that same mindset, that really, like F45 um, is a team training gym. So like, you know, they, 30 people will come and, you know, they would do different exercises, different ways. That, uh, and me being a coach, I walk around, make sure that they don't hurt themselves. So, so like, so like I'm known, like a lot of girls like to come to my class because, you know, I demonstrate the workouts thoroughly so they can understand it and then when they have a question i walk up to them and i give them um give them the um the uh instruction that they need in order for them to do the exercise properly and i make sure i give them a a version that that matches their quote-unquote athletic ability because 
my my best skill set is giving them a athletic movement that they can do that won't hurt them in order for them to build their confidence up. So when they come back, I give them something harder, or they do the movement again, do it better, and then over time, their results, you know, will keep enhancing. So um, another thing will be mm. kind of like how do I deal with men's insecurities when you know they see me doing stuff like that and you know and i'll tell you right now it's hard like i said you know you're a black guy you're i remember it was a white dude he saw me trying to correct his girlfriend and then you know it was a, a energy exchange and you know that you know it makes it very difficult to you know it may, it's very uncomfortable you know when i'm you know when i'm in that setting you know i'm trying to do my job and i'm dealing with other men's insecurity so you know, there's going to be times where, yeah. you know, you're you're going to have to kind of like, you know, just kind of like walk away, you know, that, and that's the that's another segment of professionalism. When, when, when things don't go your way or things like is against you, how do you move on from that? Especially when you're the only black guy in a setting, you know, where, you know, there, there's a very, very specific way on mm -hmm. how they're going to look at you. So, like, there's a sense of conservatism yeah. that people need to understand. Like, Black men need to understand and inherit if they want to, quote-unquote, be who they are in these environments. Because I would tell you, none of these people respect any Black man who try to, quote-unquote, act like them in order for them to fit in. I've had those conversations mm. with some of my, you know, people, one of my white homies in college and even here in L.A., they do not like unauthenticity only the lowest white man likes that because that feeds his ego and mm. that is the, that is a low standard of any man in all races mm. last question for you is um what um i lost my train of thought um oh here it is. What 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 has been the most um, challenging thing that you've had to face um, with solidifying your identity that you have today? I would say the dating world and <laughs> dating. It, yeah. It's 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 very 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 difficult. It's, um, you know, like I said, like I can't. I'm, I don't want to be like one of those guys that's going to be venting, ranting again, like L.A everybody has a dream they want to achieve it so like the nature of being in a relationship in LA is so expensive yeah you get in a relationship to for finance you get in a relationship for you know social media clout you know you have a girl who looks good you're a guy that looks good so you guys become a quote-unquote fitness couple or social media couple uh sometimes that work out other time it don't sometimes it's pretty cool it's pretty natural it's pretty uh attractive it gives followers hope other times you know it's sad but there's a lot of social media couples that are not together but social mm -hmm. <laughs> social media wise they kind of just show just to show and um really? yeah and then um so it's an app huh so a lot of a lot of social media couples are are acting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 unfortunate, you know. It's what happened when you're when you develop capital through social media, then you and then you know it pays your you know it pays your bills. It puts food on your table, clothes on your back. You know you become 
fixated at it that you know whatever you have going you got to make it work one way or another mm. so why is why is dating hard for you because it's like i guess because that it's it's that whole thing going on and it's not like it's not it's hard to find somebody that's authentically into you instead of trying to yeah. use you for yeah, cloud so, like, so like me i'm very very into the spiritual aspect of the relationship between a man and a woman, you know? So, and I look for the balance and equilibrium between that. And within me, you know, the most important thing that a man must possess when it comes to power is capital. Like you gotta have capital. That's just kind of like the, the straightforward reality of if you wanna make yourself quote unquote eligible to be in a relationship, you gotta produce capital. And it was time when I didn't have capital, it was time when I had capital and time when I didn't have capital and time when I had capital. And, mm-hmm. you know, when a time when you don't have, when a man doesn't have capital, then his confidence is destroyed. Like he has zero confidence, zero, um, like his identity, his, his masculine identity is compromised. So like when I don't have my capital, I keep mm-hmm. myself grounded and make sure that I'm able to pull it together in order for me to go back in the market. And when I have capital, you know, I'm kind of like mm-hmm. half foot in, half foot out, half foot in. You know, I'm on a professional side, half foot out. I'm, um, you know, making sure I'm focusing on my business. So when I say professional side, mm-hmm. I mean, like my approach towards women has been always professional. There were two instances where, you know, one thing led to another and another instance where it led to another, but in a sense where I didn't know what was going on. If that makes sense. So mm. the first instance was, okay, I reached out to this lady. You know, like I said, I love my Black women. I don't have that many Black women in my uh, photography page. So I'm like, fuck, I need to shoot more Black women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, long story short, mm-hmm. you know, this, you know, I linked up with this girl. I'm like, yeah, let's shoot. I'm like, into it. Let's go. Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm very, very ignorant when it comes to, like, the feminine nature of women. Like, kind of like, how can you tell when a woman likes you or not? <laughs> and, you know, I'm, not, I'm all, like, focused. I'm ready to get the shot. Da, da, da. And she said, I want to get a drink. I'm like, get a drink? <laughs> and then, you know, I'm like, I got to, like, take, I got to take care of her because she's a model. And, you know, and, and, and it just led to us kind of, like, you know, um, I guess you say kissing. Like, we didn't do anything sexual. We just kind of, like, just hug, kiss. And, you know, I looked at myself. I'm like, man, you're, you're an idiot. Like, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> so, um, you know, and we're still friends, but she ended up dating another guy because she called me square. And then and I was kind of like, okay, like you're, you know, whatever. she called you a square, you said? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of like my, I'm like in that, that's what I'm saying. I'm that archetype that the bros normally don't let in the front. Oh, yeah. you're not a square. Brother. I mean, like I, don't, like, I say, like I don't quit. I, like, I don't care. Like, even Marcus and Jarrell called me that. So, so like the second time, so the second time was a lot more intense. So the second time happened was, okay, so I was in the gym, goes gym, I was taking pictures of my friend and um, what ended up, what ended up happening was a, you know, a woman so she was my only day black woman, but this other woman, she was she would be identified as a brown woman. Okay. So you know, I saw her. She she had a 
pretty face, very, very, very beautiful woman. But I wasn't really attracted to her. I said, oh, okay, whatever. Da, 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 da. And then she saw me. She called me over. And I thought that was attractive. I walked over. I think she was shocked. I didn't really know who she was because apparently she, she's a celebrity. And she just told me that, you know, she's not having the best experience in L.A. Ooh. She's looking for, I can't tell you who she is, but she's okay. looking for. Um, off the record, off the record. Yeah, off no. the record, yeah. <laughs> But she's looking for more, uh, uh, more connections. I gotta say, more connections, more networking in LA. And I thought that I was able to, um, to provide her my circle of people that I think can help her. So my mind was, you know, again, professionalism. And you know, it's LA. She might cancel in the last second or whatever because we scheduled to meet each other that day. And then, sure enough, mm-hmm. she texted me later that day. I'm like, oh, she's gonna cancel. But it wasn't canceling. It was like, hey, can you pick me up? So, you know, this is kind of like the the crossroad, okay? Like, you're a guy, you know, you're trying to have a professional relationship with this woman. But, you know, you're going to take her to a networking event, but you're going to drive all the way to her house, pick her up, and go there with her together, which is, you know, it's pretty intimate. You know, so... Mm -hmm. I gotta be careful of what I say because we haven't solved this event. Okay, <laughs> it's okay. So, so yeah, so we, yeah, so you know, we we go to this event and then it's all good, da 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 da, and then I took her home, and then but the problem was it's kind of like the exchange, like it was very, it wasn't intimate, but it was one of those things. Okay, like you're doing something that's a very very boyfriend thing to do. You're not supposed to do that. You know, you're driving, she's talking, you're listening. She's, you know, she's apparently going through a lot. You know, she's putting it all out. So you're, you're, you know, you're just kind of like just taking, you know. And then the second day happened, you know, I see her again. We come at the same time. Um, Didn't plan on coming at the same time together, but we just kind of got there at the same time. And then, you know, they, you know, we worked out, she worked out. And then when we leave, she jumped right in front of me saying, hey, what are you doing? I say, oh, I'm going to get something to eat. She said, oh, can we get something to eat? I said, oh, let's go get something to eat. <laughs> so, so what ended up happening was it was <laughs> almost like a date. You know, it was like, hey, what do you think about money? And, you know, what do you think about, you know, just very, very dating, boyfriend, what are you type of deal, type of questions. And oh, it's so like you, over 200. Yeah. You spent over 200 what? 200 bucks on the on the on the on yeah yeah and it was it was a, you know Venice is very expensive okay I mean that's not terrible at least you're not out there buying her a Louis Vuitton purse or something like oh, that no, right no, right no, off no. the bat you know what I'll say this the type of women yeah, that no. are in LA that I'm surrounded by yeah. women who have the mentality that don't believe they need a man to get the things that they want to get. So like what ended up happening was I ended up taking this girl to get her hair done, her nails done, but she paid for it herself. Mm. The only thing I paid for was kind of like the food, you know, food, food and coffee. So, so fast forward in time, first she goes to me, then I go to her. <laughs> and, you know, we haven't really solved each other's, um, time with each other but we did reconnect it a couple weeks ago and but 
that's pretty much it. But I'm glad that I was able to do that because I wasn't quite in a mindset where I should be in a relationship. And she said she wasn't in a mindset of being in a relationship. So, you know, it just kind of like worked out the way it's supposed to work out. But I evaluated that whole thing and I take full responsibility that I need to make sure that, you know, like, you know, I stay firm with the, with the borders because the other story I told you that a girl, she kind of like just, I kind of like just fell in, yeah. fell in, you know, just fell in it. And, you know, I got to be aware that, you know, I got to be the decision maker, you know, and make sure that. Yeah. I have control of which direction um, the relationship goes and not let, you know, not let the, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say manipulation, but but not let the, um, the event happen. Are you referring to, you just don't, you you just don't want to be manipulated into something? Is that, is that what you're referring to or? Well, I think I have trust issues. I just don't understand. Um, like I don't like I always lead to something that I just don't understand. What I'm getting myself into. Mm. Like again, like with both events, like my mind is like, okay, like I'm gonna do this, and end up being something completely different. That you know that my mind was far from, which was you know very very int- you know very very intimate times with you know with these individuals like. The other times, like, okay, so check this out. My main clientele is white women. Mm-hmm. They know that I'm not going to mess with them because they can tell that I'm not attracted to them. Like, like mm-hmm. I said, I only date black women, but if it's not black, it's mostly brown women. I bring this, you know, and then they're not attracted to me. Like, you know, the white women I know, they just, you know, they just want to just jump in and jump out. They, But they're not going to ever tell their parents what they do. But, um... But you know, when it comes to black women, you know, black women are just naturally attracted to black men. So when I'm shooting, when I'm a when I approach a black woman, hey, do you want to shoot? They think that I'm well, you know, one of those guys that's sliding girls DMs, you're like, hey, you know, I'm a photographer. You want you know, you wanna you know, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, and it, and then you know, at first this one girl, she cussed me out so bad when I try to ask her to shoot. I was like, yeah, like that hurt and now you know she's like hey like she said she like started to understand okay like your work is good you're professional i see work that goes in da, da, da. okay let's go so like i had to learn how to like you know i think the website was a is a way for me to be like hey this is my website this is what i do this is how it works so you know that you know i'm legit rather than go to my social media account okay <laughs> then my picture be like, okay this guy he's good but like <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's me like a scumbag, you know. So, so that's that. I get that. Okay. Well, we we'll definitely have to uh bring you back to talk about uh the the dating and identity experience because I I think it, it's so it's so interesting to see you know that side where it's just all like when it comes to your performance your um your strength bodybuilding and this that and the third it's like that's that's all solid and as as a black man it, it can be a little bit challenging because they label you as a square or you know something like that to that effect but it's just like it, it, it all just sounds like innocence to me you know like just it's 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 innocence and it's just like I don't really know how to go about this. I don't know, really know how to address this situation, you know, and this, that, and the third. And so it's like, 
you know, relationships are complicated. Uh, and you don't, you don't want to be taken advantage of, but you also want to make sure that you're establishing boundaries to the point where you know where things are going, you know what direction things are going in. Um, and so we'll, we'll definitely have to uh, talk more about that on the, uh, maybe bring you back on a show or even just off the record, just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll chop, we'll chop it up. And, uh, but at the same time, overall, like, um, you deserve the best, you deserve the best, you know, and I'm, all, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm and I'm gonna say that about you because overall you are an amazing dude. And I'm I'm gonna I'm always gonna say that for you, bro. So um I appreciate you being vulnerable with sharing, you know, something like that, you know, because a lot of people are like, oh no, I didn't got I ain't got no, you know, things going on with my identity. I'm solid, I'm solid, you know, something like that. But it's just so like um it's very honest. And, and pure in a sense to see that you know it's just thought like yeah it's, it's kind of a struggle because just like I don't know what people want you don't know if people are are just doing it trying to think the funk you don't know if they're trying to use you for clout you don't you don't know what people are doing um, and so it's like working through those trust issues and and learning to get to the point to build trust with somebody um, for you in particular um, with women um, it's just it's a challenge yeah, and um, I think, like, again, um, I think it's an L.A. Um, thing. Putting because, your heart oh, out there. So, yeah. Yeah, like I say, I think I call it, it's, it's an L.A. thing only. Like, again, everybody's here to achieve what they want to achieve, which is their dreams. And, you know, innocence is a very dangerous thing to have in L.A. because innocence is very sacred. And, again, L.A. is a vicious entrepreneur climate, you know, like, like again, with these two women, it was, you know, they they did initially had intention of just doing a photo shoot or, you know, just networking, doing X, Y, and Z. But, you know, when mm-hmm. we got to know each other more, I guess it just, you know, you know, it just kind of like drifted in a way that, you know, it drifted. And, you know, as a man, you got, I got to take better responsibility and, you know, make sure that I handle it correctly, which is professional. Yeah, or if you're interested in them, let them know you're interested in them from the jump in, <laughs> and the shoot can come well, later. I, mean, you I, know? Didn't, I didn't have that mindset. <laughs> I didn't think like that. Like you, you know, didn't look at them, you know, damn, you didn't look at them and be like, "Damn, she fine." Oh, let me see if she would have. You know, I mean, well, yeah, I did. It's it's okay. Like, so, like, no. I mean, that's that's. That's what I'm saying. So it's just all like you. Don't, not everything has to be. Pro, I mean, not everything has to be professional. It could be like I'm really attracted to you. Maybe one of these days, maybe we go on a date, and then if we don't mesh, you know, let's just keep it professional. Whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to big sis you or anything. But I'm just like <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't work like that in this climate. It's like again, it's people are only. You know, people will only be into you in LA if they know what you're capable of doing for them. So me, I'm a photographer, videographer, you know, I'm skilled at what I do. And, you know, 
these individuals, they have a social media following where they need to develop content to produce, you know, to perform their business. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, I just have a value that they like. And, you know, the, I think, I think like the, the cherry on top was that, you know, I can listen to whatever they have to say, yeah. because there's not like, again, there's not a lot of men that a lot of women that world can go to that they can feel safe. You know, they go to a yeah. gym, there's guys looking at them and all these things. And I'm kind of like, ah, you know, cause like me, I see all these hot yeah. women all the time at Gold's gym. I seen them yeah. all like the baddest <laughs> of the baddie, being with the baddest of the bad. And it got to a point where I just need, I just want a regular normal chick. Seriously. Yeah. Like I, I don't need a woman with a million followers. I don't need, um, you know, she doesn't need to be no celebrity or anything like that. You know, I just want a spiritual authentic relationship with a woman that's pretty much all i ask for because you know there's going to be trials and tribulations there's going to be peaches and cream in a relationship and there's going to be the yin and the yang so going back to our mm-hmm. original conversation there has to be balance and it have in order to have balance they got to be authenticity and there got to be a spiritual connection for us to get through the storm mm-hmm. and enjoy the you know enjoy the good of the relationship yeah. No, that gets that. No, I get that. And yeah, no. So with, with that being said, like, Brian, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to um to talk with me about just the wide variety of things that endeavors that you've uh, pursued in your life, um, from karate to uh pledging omega sci-fi to um the track to uh engineering and then pivoting into uh pivoting into entrepreneurship and, and being successful at it like you um are a well-rounded and i keep saying it amazing dude <laughs> you know you. so it's just like i'm really proud of you um for um setting the example and i'm i, I have no doubt in my mind that you are going to find someone who um, emulates um, you, you know, emulates and matches and mirrors you. I just want to say that I'm proud of you. Um, continue working with building self, building trust within yourself um, to be able to get to that point where you can you can feel safe with them as well, you know. Um, but with that being said, do you have any questions for me or Alex or anything like that before I close? No, I don't. Don't? Okay. Well, appreciate you, brother. And, uh, okay, well, I will say this. All right, y'all. So thank you all for listening. Please subscribe and share um, our podcast. We're really excited to share our journey and experiences with you as well as learn along the way. If you are part of the BIPOC or BIPOC LGBTQ community um, and you would like to share your journey, whether it's in strength, fitness, wellness, or anything in between, please send an email to info at obsidianstrengthpodcast.com. And remember to follow us on Obsidian Strength Podcast on Instagram and YouTube. Uh, Brian, what are your social media handles? Do you want to share that with, with us so we can we can post that as well? Uh, just at Brian Wesley Williams. So, but it's B-R-Y-A-N, not B-R-I. 
B-R-Y. Okay. It is B-R-Y-A-N. And then what about your production page aesthetics? Um, if you just type in Brian Wesley on the search box, both my main training page and my production page will come up, or you can go to my website or through my social media to go to my production page. Or just go to brianwesley.com. Okay. Awesome. 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 Well, thank you, Brian. We got to go ahead and throw it up one good time. (laughs) All right, brother. Well, I will talk to you soon. And thank you for um, taking the time to interview with me. Sorry, Alex was not able to make it um, this go around, but she sends her love and she really enjoyed talking with you uh, before. So do it again soon. All right. Well, Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And I'm I'm hoping I can see you before I before I leave uh Cali. Oh for sure. Yeah. I, um these next couple of days will be busy, but definitely text me and let's try to connect for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure, bro. All right, love y'all. Talk to you later, okay? All right, take care.